When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability Educational Shorts. This week, we take a look at something that mm, it's a known sustainability problem, but it might get me a little pushback on friends and family. Golf courses. I think we all know golf courses are a tragedy for sustainability. There's nothing you can do to say that a golf course is sustainable. Now, granted, first things first. Golf, not the only recreational sport that is bad in this way, but it is the one we're talking about today. So remember that when we start getting all the chats going. Yes, I know. There are other sports out there that cause ecological problems, but today we talk golf. So why are golf courses such a sustainability nightmare? Well, honestly, I think we could sit down and just start rattling a lot lot off off the top of our head, and I'm going to just kind of glaze over the top. This isn't even a deep dive, but first things first, golf courses are a massive waste of space. We clear out a whole area. And when I say a whole area, I mean about 150 acres or more for a golf, for a small golf course. We take everything out because they want to create the outside experience that they want, not the outside experience that they would have gotten. They're not leaving hills and creases and places. No. They've designed a golf course. They want soft rolling hills and openings where they want them. Can't have a tree in the middle of a fairway, right? So it is a colossal waste of space. In the United States, we have about 2 million acres worth of golf courses and 6.4 million acres in the world, purely for the golf courses. There's about 35,000 golf courses in the world, and the United States has half of them. Half of those golf courses are here in the U.S. That's a bunch of wasted space. And I know people who love the sport are going to be jumping up and down saying there's still not enough, there's still not enough, but there's plenty. In most cases, when they build those golf courses, they clear cut everything, leaving only select portions of the land so that they can have the mature trees in certain areas. Remember, you know as well as I do, It's a golf course. It's primarily, well, manicured lawns. The same thing we aren't real happy with in neighborhoods. A couple of different levels of manicured lawns. Sand from a beach that shouldn't be in the middle of that area. And a couple of man-made lakes. They pretty much sterilize the area. They completely devastate the biodiversity of a massive spot. There's almost no or at least minimal replacement of wildlife. They might throw a few fish and frogs in the pond, and a couple of species might even kind of come back to the area. But let me tell you, if it disrupts the game, they can't stay. You're not going to have groundhogs running around on your golf course. Bill Murray proved that a long time ago. We've even got movies making jokes about it. It turns this whole area into this sterile feeling. It's like having an outdoor sport without all the outdoor. Yeah, you're getting some sun. Yeah, some fresh air. 
but golf courses pretty much eliminate the bulk of the wildlife. It's kind of like pretending you're doing a sport outside when there's not a lot of the outside left. Remember those past episodes of our shows, like The Yard Trap? That was a short that we did, I think, season two. Well, golf courses are huge. Like I said, around 150 plus acres. 67% is maintained turf grass, which means they're using over 50 different pesticides and fertilizers to keep that grass exactly how they want it. Each layer at the exact height at the ex- so that it plays exactly like they expect. Well, we talked about just being around a lake. If, if you have a handful of houses using fertilizer and it rains, well, same thing with golf courses. They're designed to drain. They want a good place to play. Standing water would not help. It's one of the reasons why you have some of those man-made lakes, but some of that drains off the edges of the properties into lakes and streams. So all that fertilizer doing the exact same thing as those neighborhoods that have fertilizer in their yard. It's running off and contaminating other places, creating other problems for other people. Another thing that isn't talked about all that much when it comes to golf courses, water consumption. You realize there is a ton, a ton of golf courses in places of drought. The average golf course uses 312,000 gallons of water per day. Yeah, per day. We have all kinds of restrictions in drought areas about how you can use water, but golf courses on average... And my guess is that it's a higher average in those drought-conditioned areas than it is in places that have plenty of rainfall. The average is 312,000 gallons per day of fresh, clean water. States like Arizona, California are just using water recklessly. Why? So some people can go play a game. Now, I will say that there are groups out there, advocates for golf, that are and agencies that are trying to make them a little more sustainable. Unfortunately, there's not a ton you can do. They can work on protecting neighboring bodies of water. They can grade the property so that in other areas it won't send all the chemicals washed away into a river or stream. They create pockets within the property and call them preserves so that the wildlife still has a few small areas within the property that were untouched. But primarily, they donate a ton of money to other causes. They try to offset what they're doing here with a financial advantage somewhere else. It's almost like saying, well, the wildlife here is over. Let's try to protect it somewhere else. When it really probably should have been protected there. And last, a few of them are starting to understand that they can use native grasses. Maybe they don't all look as good as you want, but in the outskirts and around the edges, they are starting to move more and more native plants, flowers, and other things. Some will even have butterfly habitats. So I give them the points for trying, but not for destroying the habitats. Golf courses are terrible when it comes to sustainability. They are a high-consumption sport. So keep that in mind if you decide to go golfing. And I know, I know, I'll take some heat. A lot of people love this sport. Unfortunately, it needs to be on a smaller footprint. And it needs to be in a place where you're not constantly destroying the biodiversity of an area or shoving it out. I appreciate you listening. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or on social media. 
Other ways you can support realistic sustainability is by becoming a monthly sustainer on our Anchor hosting site. You can go to anchored.fm and just type in realistic sustainability. You can support from there or our website, greetingyourlife.org, under podcast. Other ways you can support us is just simply leaving a five-star review. Five-star review on Apple does a lot for us. You could also leave comments, click likes, or simply follow us. All of those things help quite a bit. Thank you again for listening. Remember, we just get together each week just to get a little better. Little bit, little bit, big bit. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? That Ethic is perfect for you. Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org. E-T-H-Y-K.org.